I want to talk to you tonight about, are you ready for this? Thank some dear soul that was at you. Joy. Joy. Don't you, wouldn't you like just a little, get hooked up to an IV and just pump a little extra joy in you? I mean, really, joy. And I was telling Dottie about it tonight coming to church. She said, now, what are you talking about tonight? I said, well, we're going to be talking about joy. And she burst out in a song that is, is, is old. Some of you will remember it. You remember that little song, Joy, Joy, Joy? In fact, I want Dottie, um, we're just going to sing this song. Okay. Here, I'm going to give you the mic, and you can stay down on the floor. You won't have to climb up all these steps. You want to do that? Oh, yeah, we are right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, tell us how this song goes, and then let's see if we can sing it and kind of get a little joy in the room. What do you all think? When you sing this song. Wait a minute, they don't have the microphone on. He didn't know you were going to do this. Is it? Neither did I. So. Wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> hold, let me have the mic just a minute. Oh, okay. Do you have it on, Brent? Thank you, Brent. Now, here it is. You can cut me off anytime. No, no, no. Put it up close. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, mercy. I've had to be careful what I sing coming to church. I never know where it might end Keep up. the mic near your mouth. Good, this <laughs> is a good song. But to sing this song, you have to smile. That's it. Okay. And y'all sing it with me. I have the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. I have the joy, 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 down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay. And I'm so happy, so very happy, happy, happy. I have the love of Jesus in my heart. Okay, we need to do the joy part again. Well, yeah, yeah. You didn't like it? Yeah, no, do that again. Oh, okay. Yeah, and now we need to kind of do better than that. Yeah, y'all I have mean, to like, help me. All right, let's try it again. Yeah, listen, I didn't know I was going to do it. You didn't know you were going to do it. We're all in this thing together, and we always help each other. So open up and listen. Everybody. To it. I have, have the, the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. Down in my heart, I have the joy, 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 joy. Down in my heart, down in my heart to stay. And I'm so happy, so very happy, happy, happy. I have the love of Jesus in my heart, down in my heart. And I'm so happy, so very happy. <laughs> I have the love of Jesus in my heart. Now, 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 well, wait a minute. Now, we're not going to sing it, but are y'all ready? Are y'all, are y'all okay with this? You see what I live with. You better not approach <laughs> it. Now, she burst out singing the second stanza of that song coming down. Now, we're not going to sing it, but how about you singing the second stanza? Are you serious? Like if the devil doesn't like it, yeah. <laughs> And if the devil doesn't like it, he can sit on attack. Ouch! Sit on attack. Ouch! Sit on attack. And if the devil doesn't like it, he can sit on attack. Sit on attack today. Now we do this. 
on. I'm so happy, so very happy, happy, happy. happy. I have the love of Jesus in my heart, down in my heart. And I'm so happy, so very happy, happy. I have the love of Jesus in my heart. Okay. <laughs> do you want me to do the program now? No, 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 no. no. Sly and Michelle are saying, where have we come to a church? Dottie, that was really good. I really thank you. Um, I think we ought to give her a hand. She really, bless her heart. She, she didn't have much notice on that. I've learned about Dottie. If you give her a lot of notice before she's going to get that microphone, it's dangerous. It's just better to, like, spur the moment. It just comes out of it. You did a great, great job. And we all, listen, it is good to have joy. Could I have an amen to that? Now, I want you to open your Bible to the Gospel of John. We were in the Gospel of John last Wednesday night. We're going to be back in the Gospel of John again tonight. And I want to read some verses where Jesus is talking about joy. And I want us to think about, here's what I want to think about tonight. I want us to think about what joy is. She just, we've just been singing about it. And, and how you keep joy. Because it's very, very easy to kind of lose your joy. And we're going to talk about that tonight in John chapter number 15. Now, if you were not present last Wednesday night, you might want to take your little worship sheet and jot this down because in John chapters 13 through 17, you want to remember this, they probably are some of the favorite chapters in all the New Testament. John chapters 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Now, here's what you want to remember about that. John chapters 13 and 14, those two chapters, they tell about what happened in the upper room when Jesus, on the night before his crucifixion the following day, he met in this upper room in Jerusalem. And those of us who've been to the Holy Land, I don't think we've ever had a trip to the Holy Land to go to the upper room. It's a very, very beautiful place with many, many memories. Well, that, so if you want to read about what all went on in the upper room, it's John chapters 13 and 14. Now, remember this, John chapters 15, 16, and 17, let me tell you what you read about. You read about what took place on the walk from the upper room to the Garden of Gethsemane, those three chapters. 15, 16, 17. And one way we know that, if you look in John chapter 14, the very last verse, John chapter, remember John chapters 13, 14, upper room. All right, now, we're about to end the upper room in John chapter 14, verse 31. Jesus said, but the world may know that I love the Father, as the Father gave my commandment, me commandment, so do I. Arise, let us go from here. You say, where is here? Well, here's the upper room. Jesus is saying to his disciples, okay, I've, I've taught you these things. Now let's leave. Jesus now is in his private ministry. Uh, and, and it's just a beautiful thing. Then John chapters 15, 16, 17, as Jesus and the disciples were walking from the upper room to the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus is somehow walking. Now, whether he stopped and taught some, of course, in John chapter 17, Jesus prays, but that prayer took place somewhere 
between the upper room and the actual garden of Gethsemane. Now, maybe Jesus stopped and they gathered around someplace and he prayed. I don't know how that was. I just know where it was. And so that is very, very helpful. Now, that said, we're in John chapter 15 tonight. I want you to look. Now, now see, when, if someone just says, okay, open your Bible to John chapter 15, there should be a, a bell go off in your mind. Say, okay, he's about to read what happened as Jesus with his disciples were walking from the upper room to the Garden of Gethsemane. So it kind of helps you to know. I know we can't know this about every chapter in the Bible, but these, these chapters, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, these are, these are tremendously important chapters. And we just, we just need in our mind have this glued in. I mean, if someone says, you know, what is two times two? Well, it's four. What's eight times eight? It's 64. We, just, we don't even have to think. I mean, some things are so ingrained in our mind that it's just, it's just there for us. Well, it should be in the Bible certain things the very same way. So here we are. In John chapter 15, Jesus is talking now. They're walking to the Gethsemane. He said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Then Jesus said, abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you're the branches. Now that's who we are. He's the vine, we're the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Let me pause a moment. We must remember that. We need to pray, and we need to seek uh, vision from God, and we need, it's good to have plans and all that. But the bottom line is this. Without God, we really can't do anything that matters. Could I have an amen to that? You know, sometimes we begin to think, well, you know, if we'll have a, just the perfect program and the perfect this, and every, we do everything right, then it's just always going to be exactly what, you know, what God wants it to be. Well, without God, it won't be anything more than we can produce in the flesh. And so I love that verse. He said, without me, you can do nothing. And we need to understand that. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done to you. Let me pause a minute. This is not my message, but that's a key verse. Now, here's, here's one of the verses that people take all out of context. You know, I talked about that last week. You know, a text out of context is a pretext. It, it, but like someone says, okay, what that verse says is, uh, anything I want, all I got to do is just ask for it, and it's going to happen. No, you, you know, you don't build a theology on a verse. You build a theology on putting verses together. Uh, let me give you a verse that will help you with that. Just jot the text down. Psalm 37, 
verse number four. Uh, Psalm 37, verse number four. I'm just going to whip back here and read it while you're writing it down. It's a great, great, one of my very favorite verses in the Bible. John chapter 37, verse four says, Delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of your heart. In other words, if your joy, your passion in life is, is what that verse says, it's the Lord then what God does when you're in that relationship with him, he will put in you his desires so that his desires will become your desires. And that little verse helps me when I come to these verses like this. It says, whatever you desire, it should be done for you. Well, that's true. (laughs) As long as God's, if, if I'm abiding in God in such a way that, that like what I'm desiring, what I'm wanting would be what God would want. We have that kind of intimacy with God, that kind of abiding with God. Then I'm going to I'm going to be asking for things, you know. And the Bible talks about and we pray in Jesus' name. What does that mean? It means you pray and ask what He would ask. So when you do something in His name, you're doing what He would say, and that really helps me. Well, let's move on. Verse eight: By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so that you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Verse 11. Here's our big verse. These things, all this that he's been saying, these things I have spoken to you. Now watch this. That my joy, (laughs) Jesus talking about his joy now. We're talking about we want to have joy. Jesus now said, now here's what you need to understand. I've told you all this for what purpose? That my joy may remain in you. If you're a Bible underliner, a big word there would be joy. Big word there would be the word remain. That would remain in you that your joy. Now he's talking about our joy. He said, here's the deal. I've said all this that my joy would remain in you and that your joy, well, now we're talking about your joy, my joy, your joy may be full. Now, that is a classic portion of Scripture. Now, here's what I want to think about tonight. Number one, what is joy? I mean, we've been reading about it. What is joy? Well, we're going to talk about that quickly. But then number two, and the bigger thing is, how do you keep? your joy. Now, I think we'd all admit sometimes we feel like we've lost our joy in the Lord. And there are many people who profess to be Christians that have obviously, they've, they've, just, they, they've just lost, assuming they are Christians, they've lost their joy. It's just not there. But it can happen to you. Can happen to me. So, like, what is joy? And number two, how do you keep your joy? Well, let's deal with that quickly. And then in a moment, we'll be down to some things for you to fill in in the bulletin. But we're not there yet. What is joy? That's a good question. Well, you know, sometimes you can understand what something is better by understanding what something is not. And this is such is the case with this word. Like, what is joy? Well, let me tell you what joy is not. Joy is not happiness. Now, there's a big difference between joy and happiness. You see, happiness, and we all can relate to that. We know sometimes we're happy and sometimes we're not. 
Okay, sometimes we're happier than we are other times. Well, what is happiness? Well, happiness is based on uh, things that happen, or it may be just based on things, period. Okay, that's happiness. So you can remember it this way. Happiness is based on happenings. Whatever is happening can make you happy. Whatever's happening can make you unhappy. But that is how happiness works. It's like it, it can come and it can go. It's, it's human-based on things that are going on or things that are not going on and things themselves. Okay. But it won't always last. For example, if you get a brand new car, now that's a good feeling. You know, you're always happy to get your new car. But have you ever noticed, like three months later, you, you, the cars, I mean, it's not that big a deal anymore. The news worn off, and uh, you, every time you get in it and see it, it's not as exciting as it was the very first time when you drove it away from where you bought the car. What is the deal? Well, it's him. It's, that's the way happiness works. You know, happiness can last for a little while. Happiness can last for a long time. It has to be a very short thing. But that now, joy, uh, it, it's divine in origin. It, it's, not, it's not human based at all. It's divine. It's based, the joy that Jesus is talking about is based on, listen very carefully, the unchanging promises of God. Whereas happiness. <laughs> It's based on whatever's happening or based on something. It, it can be there for a while and be gone. Now, joy, this thing that we can have in us, it, it's not that way at all. It, it doesn't come and go because it is based on the unchanging promises of God. And it, it's, it's, it's really a, a beautiful thing. And, and when you have circumstances in life that may be uh, difficult or even painful, there can still be, even in the midst of sadness, there can build that, that inner feeling of joy and peace and presence of God that is very, very special. It, it's, a, it's an available gift from God. If you look back in verse 11, look at it. Jesus said, these things I've spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you. So it, it's, a, it's, a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. It's a, it, it's, a, it's a gift of the Spirit. It's one of the fruit of the Spirit. So the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 22 and 23, the second one mentioned is joy. Love, joy, peace, those first three. Second on the list is joy. It's, it's, this, it's this feeling of calmness and peace and presence. Even in the midst of storms that you just feel something inside of you saying, you know, you're going to get through this. It's going to work out. It's going to be okay. Why is that? Because it is divine based. It is a gift from God. Now, that said, how do you keep your joy? Because a lot of things can a lot of things can hinder. We won't have our joy to the fullness. In fact, look again in verse 11. Jesus said, my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. I mean, it's just like a continual flowing thing. Well, you know, how can you keep that kind of joy? Well, that's what I want us to think about here tonight because he says it, it can remain in you. Now, the fact that Jesus said that my joy may remain in you by implication means it may not remain in you. Look at it again. Verse 11. 
I've said these things to you that my joy may remain in you. So Jesus is saying, look, I want my joy to remain in you. And Jesus well knew that things can keep that joy that he gives based on the unchanging promises of God. That joy, that feeling, that, that it just we've all had that feeling where we just have felt a, a flood of his joy. And, and it's just, it's really almost indescribable, but it's something we can experience. And he says, but I want you to understand, I understand that there's a possibility that joy may not remain in you. You know, I think about, I think about David. You might want to jot this down. You remember David committed the sin with, with Bathsheba and, uh, uh, back over in Second Samuel chapters eleven and twelve, and of course he he finally, when he was confronted by the prophet Nathan, he he admitted that he had sinned. But yet, about a year later, we have Psalm fifty-one. You might want to jot this down. Very interesting. He he admitted to Nathan the prophet that he had sinned, and had he ever, had he ever. But about a year goes by, and he finally deals with that with God. And we have that in Psalm number 51. And, and you remember in Psalm 51, one of the things he prayed was, God, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. That, that sin had robbed him of his joy. Now, listen carefully. You can read that later in Psalm 51. It's in verse 12 where he said, Restore to me the joy of my salvation. He, he had lost his joy. Now, if David can lose his joy, you can lose your joy and I can lose my joy. And we do sometimes. Oh, and we're going to talk about things specifically we can do to, to prevent that. But, but let me quickly say, we don't lose our salvation. We lose the joy of our salvation. Person, Bible's very clear. You know, how do we say it? Once saved, always saved. Now, what that does not mean is once you join a church, you're all saved and going to heaven. Or once you get baptized, do anything you want to, you're going to heaven. But I fear, I really do fear many Baptists take the doctrine, once saved, always saved, which is the eternal security of the believer, and we, we, we misuse it. But the fact of the matter is, if a person has ever been born again, they've ever been saved, now listen carefully, they may get out of fellowship with God, and we do, but they never get out of relationship with God. That's very, very important. And the devil, he will do a heyday on that. Many good, sincere people are very confused at that point. Maybe they've committed some sin and they think, oh my gracious, I guess I never was saved. Well, maybe they weren't. Need to, need to, need to clarify that. But, you know, if, if Satan can keep a person unsure of their salvation, you know, like is he, is he, is the Holy Spirit convicting them that they're lost or is the devil trying to confuse them about their salvation? Well, remember this, if you've ever been saved, and you know if you've been saved or not, I mean, if there's ever been a time in your life where you've realized you were lost, you were a sinner, you asked God to forgive you of your sins, you repented of your sins, asked Jesus to come into your heart, forgive you and make you a Christian, then according to the Bible, which is what we go by, then you, you, you've been saved and born again. But now listen, 
saved people, all of us from time to time, our, our fellowship with God is not as close. That's true. So it's true in life. You know, like we have John and Joel, our sons, John and Joel. Okay. Now, they're brothers. That's their relationship. Now, to my knowledge, they're in good fellowship right now. But I do remember when they were growing up, not often, but from time to time, uh, they didn't quit being brothers, but they'd get crossways about something, as, as brothers do. And, and I would assume if you had daughters, daughters do the very same thing. I don't know uh, how that works. We just never, we never had a daughter. But I'm, I'm sure little girls get crossways with their brothers and sisters as well. Uh, well, there's Dottie and I. I mean, we've been married, what, 58 years? Is that 58? Is that right? It'll be, it'll be, yeah, okay. It's, trust me, we're married. We don't, can't, we'll figure this out going home as we sing joy, joy, joy. But anyway, well, I mean, I, that's our relationship. Now, in these unknown number of years that we are not really clear about here, our pastor's not, uh, there's probably been two or three times that we've like gotten out of fellowship. Yeah, she's sure giving me the eye on that one. All right. Well, so has every other. So has every other relationship. But 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 it didn't end our it didn't end our relationship. We, you know, you got a fellowship about something. But you know, you work that out and go on life. Well, it, it's not just in marriage. It's in it's in at work. I mean, it's in relationships in general. I mean, sometimes you can just get out of fellowship. Well, this is what had happened to David. It's a very, very important thing to understand. Now, now here's, here's the deal. Uh, it's one thing to not have as much joy at some time in your life as you have had at other times. That is just a normal thing. That is just a normal thing. We all have those times we're on a mountaintop, and then we have other times that we're not on a mountaintop. Well, I, well, I understand that. But... but it, 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 it's important that we understand if we're saved and understand if that be case, uh, then we don't lose our salvation. Now, the big thing is, how do you keep your joy? So if you get your little midweekly sheet, and we're going to do this in rather a hurry, what, what do you do to maintain your joy? Jesus said, these things I've spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you. All right, now, how do, I, how do I keep full of the joy of Jesus? Okay, what do I do? Well, several things I can do and you can do that will help your joy that God gives you uh, remain. And number one would be by confessing your sins. By confessing your sins. And uh, I'd encourage you to write that down. And like I mentioned a moment ago, John 51, uh, verse 12, where David confessed, confessed the sin. But let me give you a verse. It's a must verse. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. That's for Christian, that should be the most used verse in all the Bible. I believe that. 1 John 1, 9. The whole book of 1 John is for Christian. That verse says, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Now, what does it mean to confess your sin? It means you agree with God. It's not like you said, hey, God, I know you don't know, but let me tell you what I thought today. Let me tell you what I know. No, God knows what we think. 
God knows what we say. God knows what we do. His eyes always, it's a frightening thought almost, really, when you stop and think about it. I mean, you can't hide from God. But here's what it means. It means you agree with God. You agree with God. You just say, you know, God, today, I, in, in a certain situation, I just had a rotten attitude. Or today, God, I just, you know, I said something that I shouldn't have said. At least I shouldn't have said it like I said it. Or I did something. You confess. You agree with God. God already knows. But to confess to God, you just agree with God. And here's the great part of that verse. If we do that, it says God is faithful and just to cleanse us of all of our sins. I mean, so you put that old sin, you confess. It's just like you have a cleaning out job. Now, I want to encourage you on something. Confess your sins during the day as you are aware of them. Like, don't wait till you get home at night and say, now, you know, it's prayer time. Or wait till in the morning. Say, now, my quiet time in the morning, I'm going to confess. Well, you'll be forgotten them. They'll come back to you after a while. Might be a a week or two or a month. But but what I'm saying is, if if you know you've done something that has displeased God, I mean, you don't have to stop and pray out loud and have a prayer meeting, but as soon as you can get where you can be with God, just you and God, immediately confess your sins as soon as you are aware of it. I say it this way. If you get a little piece of dust, a speck of dust in your eye in the morning, you're not going to say, when I get home tonight, I'm going to get this thing out. You go as quick as you can, look in a mirror and try to find it and get that thing out. That's how we should do with our sins. We should confess our sins. And what that does, it just cleanses us so we can be filled with God's joy. Number two thing we need to do is by listening to God. By listening to God. Listening to His Word. Now, you can't listen to His Word if you don't read His Word. That's why it's imperative we read God's Word every day. We read God's Word every day. Um, You know, I have my ten verses that I start out with. Well, now I've, well, actually, I've added two and taken one out. I'm up to 11 now. Like the new year started. You know, we need to kind of tweak things as we go along. Life changes. And so uh, I've, I've somehow, I've added two and I've decided to delete one. So now I have 11. But, but, you know, you just, as you read God's word, listen to what God's word says and think how it applies to you. And then that's that's the primary way, but His Spirit. Sometimes God's Spirit will just speak to your spirit. That's a rhema. Uh, And it'll never contradict what Scripture says. But sometimes you'll just just have a, you know God's Spirit has spoken to your spirit about doing something that that you, you feel like, I believe, I believe this is what God has impressed upon me to do. So that's another way that we keep our joy. And then the third thing that I've mentioned here, it's a very important thing, by walking with God. By walking with God. You know, the word walking in the New Testament, it's, it's talking about by, it's just your daily living with God. And, and jot this verse down. In fact, this is probably Dottie's Maybe her favorite verse, but it's a great, it's one of my favorite verses too. Psalm 16, verse 11. In his presence is the fullness of joy. Let's say that together. In his presence is the fullness of joy. Like if I'm living my life, I'm walking, I'm living my life, I'm driving my car, just me and God in the car, 
uh, or I'm just in my office, or I'm wherever in my study, and I, I, just, I just realize I'm in his presence. There's just this fullness of joy. But when we live our life, we'll talk more about this Sunday. This was a mistake Solomon made. <laughs> you know, the whole book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon tried to find satisfaction in life in everything apart from God. That's what the whole book of Ecclesiastes is about. It's like a journal he kept. And, and we'll, we'll deal with that Sunday. But, but finally at the end, he said, I've tried all this other stuff. Man, it's, 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 it's almost, and people are doing the very same thing. Pleasure, just, just everything imaginable. But he finally concluded, it's all, it's all vanity. It's all empty. See, this is, this is the joy of living in the presence of God because like in the end, that's who we have. In the end, that's what we have. When we come to the end of life, it's just his presence is the only thing that will be with us. And all this other stuff that we think is it, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not it. So that, that is another great book. You know, there's a little booklet practicing the presence of God. Isn't that, isn't that Brother Lawrence? Practicing the presence of God. It's a little paperback book. I'm sure they don't have it in the bookstore. It's old. You could probably find it on Amazon or somewhere or another. But it's about this guy named Brother Lawrence. And he just, he was like, well, I'm not going to give a book review of the book, but like he was involved in a monastery, but he, he, he was like the cook. He did that kind of work. But he learned in all these menial tasks, he did it, he practiced the presence of God in what he did. And, you know, I, I just, that, that came back to me when I was thinking about this book, In His Presence is the Fullness of Joy. And then, so I just encourage everybody, I think you have to practice that. We can't see God. But we just practice in his presence is a fullness of joy to realize that God really is present with us. And, and boy, when, we, when that clicks, what a blessed joy we have. Do I have one more verse on the screen? Do I have Colossians 2? Uh, yeah, there we go, number four. By understanding that you are complete in Christ. That's Colossians chapter 2, verse number 10. You, you can read that verse later. But folks, let me tell you what. Many people never have figured that out. People, many people think they are complete with friends or even family or things or influence. I mean, the list is a mile long. The truth of the matter is we're complete in Christ. And that's what Paul said in that verse, Colossians chapter 2. You are complete in Christ. And when we realize that, I tell you what, it just opens the floodgate for the very joy that God himself wants to give us, that my joy may remain in you. Father, that is my prayer tonight. Lord, I, I, have, no, I have no idea. I have no way of knowing what the joy level of every believer in this room is, or even that of those who watch. But God, I do know this. Joy is a very real thing. It's very different from happiness. Happiness comes, happiness goes. But God's joy can remain in us no matter what. No matter what. Even during painful times, there can be that inner 
presence of your joy. And God, help us. These are just, these are not the only things, but God, these little things I've shared tonight, they are, they are things that we can do and should to experience and enjoy the very joy of the Lord no matter what. God, I pray tonight if someone is here and says, you know, Pastor, I never got much past that thing about losing your salvation and you can't lose your salvation and I'm not 100% sure. God, I pray tonight if there's, if there's some here or some watching that are not 100% sure that they're saved, I pray even tonight, now, they'll say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come in tomorrow make me a Christian. God, for those of us that are saved, help us to daily do the things, our spiritual disciplines that we need to do to live in the joy that you want us to have. Is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.